Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You are listening to season three, episode 22. Geneva, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing okay. If it wasn't for the wildfires down here, uh, this is what happened when you live in a dry climate and you get thunderstorms. So a couple of days ago, we had thunderstorms that was featured by lightning and everything. And I guess according to the news, we had 11,000 lightning strikes that at the point started about 345 different fires in California. Now they say that number is up to 367. Uh, Now, most of them are are burning in the northern California, but we've been told that the one closest to me is about 12 hours, or I'm sorry, about 12 miles away. So we've been vigilant about that. Otherwise, everything's going fine. We've been in the middle of a heat wave, which is not happening. We've had temperatures up to 105 degrees. As a matter of fact, if you didn't hear this, uh, about four days ago, Death Valley, California, which is probably about a couple hours from me, registered at 130 degrees, which is the hottest temperature registered on Earth for the last 90 years. I mean, I knew that because you texted me about it. <laughs> well, you know, you always thought in Florida, we sit on the surface of the sun. I'm like, here you go. California is now having this turn. <laughs> we do sit on the surface of the sun. Although the other day I was able to take Ariana for a walk for the first time in a month because it was like cool like it wasn't cool okay it was so hot but like there was enough of a breeze that it wasn't like terrible to walk you know because if I'm gonna walk it's gonna be at least an hour like I, I walk at least 30 minutes one way and 30 minutes back well the sad thing about being here and being so hot now if any of you guys listen to this lives in California or generally in my area which is Antelope Valley you can vouch this is the truth. A lot of us run what they call swamp coolers. They're really, their commercial name is evaporative coolers, which uses water to go over a pad and the pad, you know, gets wet and it gives you cool air. The problem with those is, is when the humidity is high, the swamp cooler don't do nothing. It's like just sitting there with no air blowing. And a lot of us uses those because of the fact that, for one, it reduces the light bill when it comes to having an air conditioning running, 
And at this time of the year, because of the heat and rolling blackouts, they ask us to reduce the amount of energy that we use and turn everything off in the day. So it's been miserable when you have a swamp cooler and the humidity is high. Otherwise, though, we surviving here in good old Cali. There's a couple of things that we want to take care of before we start today's case. Uh, one, the one I'm going to talk about now, we forgot to cover in the last couple of episodes, so forgive us. But we did want to announce that now Geneva and I are with Spreaker. So Spreaker has come to us, picked us up, and this is why you're hearing things like ads, which I think a long time ago we had kind of told you guys that we'd be running ads on the podcast and some of those were independent ads and things of that nature. Well, now you're hearing more ads because of the partnership that we have. So what the ads actually do besides give you guys some great stuff to go and buy and cost you money is it does help us support the show. So we use whatever revenue we get from that to go back in the show that covers our equipment, any monthly expenses and things of that nature that we do have. We do understand that some people do not like ads, no matter how strategic you try to place them. And that's why we've also opened up and we still have our Patreon. Over at Patreon, just for a dollar. So get in now if you're going to do that, because sooner or later that price may go up by one or two dollars. But at this point for one dollar, you can go ahead and get in for ad free. And most times you get that early. So the last episode, the patrons had about a day or two days early before anybody else even got it. And that was ad free. So we just want to let you know why you guys are hearing ads and know our podcast didn't get jacked by anybody. Uh, it's just that um, we now have some partnerships going on and some advertisements is happening, trying to help us take care of the podcast. So we hope that you guys understand that. You got to say Geneva. I mean, not really anything other than, you know, ad free. Although I, I mean, me personally, like on the, the, uh, podcasts that I listen to, I, I do, I am a patron of a few podcasts, of a couple podcasts. And, uh, the ones that offer it ad free, they run ads on their regular feed. I mean, I listen to both. So, <laughs> so like I pay to have, I don't pay for the ad free. You, you like, you know what I'm saying? Like I pay for the other incentives. Like I know that we do have a tier that y'all will get like a bonus episode. Um, What is it? Once a month. I like, I kind of like the ads. Although ads do cost me money because I hear ads and then I'm like, oh, I got to go buy that. See, the funky thing with me is if I'm listening to a podcast, ads don't bother me. And maybe it's because a lot of times I'm driving, but I am paying attention because I'm like, ooh, that stuff sounds good. Like there's this, they they advertise all, all the part of the two, they advertise this, uh, I think it's called Mr. Sasquatch Soap, supposed to be for men. You're like, that stuff sounds good. So you go to the website and be like, yeah, it's about 50 bones, but you know. Uh, but if I'm paying, if I'm playing a game, I get annoyed. So I'm the dude that will pay you that $2.99 just to get the ad off my game. So I'm the same way. My wife's like, how come you can deal with ads on the podcast, but you can't deal with ads in the game? I'm like, I think it's a whole different thing because my attention is right on this game and you're going to throw an ad at me. I got to get rid of them. With, with a game, when you, when you throw an ad in the middle of the game, it breaks whatever concentration you had on the game. I feel like most podcasts, 
have pretty smooth transitions into their ads. Right. So there's no difference between what they're talking about, you know? That was that. Before we move on, there's one other thing we do want to toss out to you. So there's been a lot of things that's been going on with A Day With Crime or with Father Daughter Productions, which is our little company that we are going to be running things up underneath. One of those did take place this week. So I will leave in the show notes. Finally, Cena's Corners podcast has been launched and it is ready to go. And it is making its rounds to all of the podcast players that you guys listen to. I will leave the link to the first episode. It's just a little four-minute episode introducing you to Cena's Corner Podcast. What are we going to talk about over there? What your first episode is going to be like? Forgive me because it does say coming this spring. However, it is already summer. But because of COVID-19 and other things, I was delayed. And then the number two, big one. Your girl Geneva has her own shop. So we want to talk to you guys about Planning with Neva. Neva, tell us about your Etsy shop and what you do over at Planning with Neva. Okay, so Planning with Neva, it is a digital products shop. It's not, I mean, it's not just planners. Currently, all that's up there right now is uh, planners. But by the time that y'all hear this, there should be at least notebooks, a prayer journal, and also a reading journal up in the shop as well. I guess I don't talk about this a lot, but for me, I used to be a paper planner. So 2018, I had found out about digital planning, but I didn't actually transition over to digital planning until 2019. The reason for that was because I was convinced that I wouldn't like it because there's no paper obviously like you can still do the same things that you do with a paper planner you can buy stickers uh, for your digital planner you can write on it as long as you have a tablet and a stylus that will allow you to do so but I was very convinced that I only like paper planning and then everything with COVID-19 happened I ended up um, quitting my job at McDonald's due to some personal reasons. And so when I quit, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I started trying to learn how to make digital planners. So now not only do I make them, I also sell them. There are they are all undated planners, which means that once you buy them, they are yours forever. The only thing that could happen um, is if at any point, like I updated the planner or anything like that, then you would also get whatever updates came with that planner as long as you went and re-downloaded it. I am working with a couple people on getting some stickers up into the shop. Uh, one of those people is my sister. I'm going to be talking to her when I go to Iowa here at the end of this week. Planning with Neva. Oh, and there is a special discount code for y'all. So if you are a listener to the podcast and you have listened to me ramble this far, y'all are in for a treat because exclusively for podcast listeners, at some point I will probably post it in the, um, in the Facebook group because that is a private uh, group. However, as of right now, the only way for you to get this exclusive code is through the actually listening to the podcast. Uh, you will get 10% off any purchase that you make in the store. 
that can help y'all. Okay. You can also join the Facebook group, which is just called planning with Neva. That Facebook group, I do post all of the freebies in there. So if you're not sure if digital planning is something that you want to do currently, there are two free notebooks up for grabs in the Facebook group. The discount code for y'all is ADWC Nation. And leave me a review, guys, so I know that you like it. You know what I'm saying? But yes, so that's all. I'm not just I'm not saying this because you know I'm her dad and her partner, but I'm telling you, if you guys are into digital planning or thinking about it, you want to get these planners. I have bought a lot of digital planners. Uh, and there's been a lot of frustrations for me. And Geneva actually has settled a lot of that. One of them is what we call linking. And that is like if you click on a day, it links to someplace else. So she does a exquisite with linking. So she's taking a lot of time. Just make sure all your pages and dates and all that good stuff is linked. So it works. So that 10% off code, go use it. All right, so that would be in the show notes as well. So the Facebook group for Planet with Neva as well as her Etsy shop will be there. All right, guys, so now that leads us to today's case. Today's case is going to be a heartbreaker. Again, this is dealing with, at the time, children. Uh, nah, well, one is extremely young. I say seven and another is about 16, but it does deal with some children so we just wanted you guys to be aware of that. Today, we're going to deal with the case of the unfortunate deaths of Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallo. Geneva, this is all you this week. Are you ready to go? As ready as I'll ever be. All right. Well, when it's you're a hard ready, one. Let's, we, we've been picking a lot of hard ones lately, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't, I don't know if we're doing this to ourselves or what, but... I think we're gluttons for punishment, to be <laughs> honest. But here we go. All right, so Tylee Ashlyn Ryan was born September 25th, 2002. And Joshua Jackson, or J.J. Vallow, was born May 25th, 2012. They were American children from Ruxburg, Idaho, and they went missing in September 2019. Tylee was last seen at Yellowstone National Park on September 8th, 2019. And JJ was last seen at Rexburg's Kennedy Elementary School on September 23rd. Lori, I'm sorry, their parent, uh, their mother, Lori Vallow, and her husband, Chad Daybell, were under complete scrutiny of their death, um, of their disappearances. Eventually, they started looking into whether the children were actually deceased or not. We're going to start by talking about Mr. Chad Daybell. So Chad Guy Daybell was born August 11th, 1968 in Provo, Utah. He married Tammy Douglas in Manti, Utah on March 9th, 1990. He graduated from Brigham Young University in 1992 with a BA in journalism and worked, among other jobs, as a cemetery sexton most people would just call him a grave digger. <laughs> but it seems that he liked having the title of being a cemetery sexton because I saw that in more than one spot. <laughs> but um, he was a grave digger, guys. Okay, he helped to put dead people in the ground. That That's, that's all, honestly. 
In 2004, Chad founded Spring Creek Book Company, which was devoted to his end times fiction and other religious books with a man identified in media only by the name Douglas, a graphic artist and manager. Chad and Tammy had five children named Garth, Emma, Seth, Leah, and Mark. In 2015, Chad claimed he heard a voice telling him to relocate to Rexburg, Idaho. So he and Tammy moved there from Springville, Utah in that June. So in June of 2015. On October 9th, 2019, Tammy reported on Facebook and to police that she was shot at in her driveway by a masked man with what she believed was a defective paintball gun. The Fremont County Sheriff's Office did not find the perpetrator. Ten months, or I'm sorry, ten days later, she was found dead in her home, purportedly from natural causes. Chad claimed that she had retired the night before with a quote unquote terrible cough and died in her sleep. No post mortem or autopsy was performed at the time since Chad declined both, and the county coroner, Brenda Dye, did not overrule his decision. Two months later, Tammy's body was exhumed and autopsied but the results have not been made public. And when I looked yesterday, because there was an update to this case yesterday, there still was nothing that I could find on Tammy's autopsy. Unless something has happened between now and then. If, if it has, we'll do an update. All right, so now I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Lori Vallow. She is now Lori Vallow Daybell. But for the sake of this, I'm just going to call her Lori Vallow. So Lori Vallow was born Lori Noreen Cox on June 26, 1973 in San Bernardino, California. I don't know why I could not say that. At the age of 19, she married her high school sweetheart, Nelson Yanes, in 1992, and the marriage ended shortly afterward in a divorce. At, 20, at age 22, she married William Lagioa. And he was 23. They were married in Travis County, Texas on October 26, 1995. Lori and William had a son named Colby in 1996 before divorcing on February 25th, 1998. In 2001, Lori married Joseph Anthony Ryan Jr. He legally adopted Colby before the couple had their daughter Tylee in 2002. Joseph filed for divorce on August 13, 2004. And their divorce was, final, divorce was finalized on May 18, 2005. In 2007, Joseph Ryan was attacked by Lori's brother, Alex Cox, who tasered him and threatened to murder him. Alex pled guilty and was sentenced to 90 days in jail. Joseph Ryan died 11 years later on April 3, 2018 from a myocardial infarction. Towards the end of his life, Alex Cox used a surname Passiness, which legal, since legally, um, since he legally adopted the surname of his fiance Zulema, who he married in Las Vegas on November 29th, 2019, roughly two weeks before his own death on December 12th, 2019, which was due to blood clots and high blood pressure. Alex died one day after the ex exhumation of Tammy Daybell's remains and therefore cannot be questioned by police. Lori was known to the Ryan family as Lolo. On February 25th, 2006, merely 282 days after her previous divorce, 
Lori married Leland Anthony Vallow, known as Charles, in Las Vegas, and they had converted to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In 2013, the couple adopted Charles' grandnephew, Joshua, or J.J. Vallow, before moving to Hawaii in late 2014. In 2015, Lori read Chad Daybell's Standing in Holy Places series of books, becoming obsessed with them, according to a friend. After two and a half years in Hawaii, the Vallow family moved to Arizona. On December 5th, 2018, she first joined Chad on the podcast, Preparing a People, on an episode called Time to Warrior Up. And I'm just going to tell you all before you go try and look, the podcast no longer exists. It's been down for a long time. Actually, since this case first happened, I'm not sure if they removed the podcasts, which I don't know how that would have. I guess they could have because they weren't arrested right away, but I'm not sure if they removed the podcast or if the podcast platforms removed them, Um, but they are no longer available. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And I can't find any archives of them either because I looked because I wanted to hear them, to be honest, because I'm nosy. Lori would continue to appear on this podcast. In February 2019, according to Charles, Lori said she no longer cared about him or JJ and that she was the reincarnated wife of Joseph Smith before she vanished for 58 days. That same month, Charles filed for divorce, saying that his wife had, quote unquote, threatened to murder him, taken $35,000 from their joint bank account and stolen his truck. However, Charles withdrew the petition one month later in March 2019, saying he wanted to try to make the marriage work. Sorry, I that I'm listen, I wrote these notes and I'm speechless. Why? I no, goodbye. No. Mm-mm. Well, let me step back one second to Tammy Daybell real quick. Uh, the things that I did come up with as far as her autopsy goes, you're right, they they never released it, but there was a lot of scrutiny around that in the beginning, which is that they buried her three days after she died. They yeah. swore that they never did an autopsy because in Idaho. If the death is considered to be natural causes, there's no need to do a autopsy. So Tammy died in her sleep. So they say, oh, yeah, this is natural causes, so we're just going to bury her. But then some of her family was saying, no, this ain't. And they kept putting putting the screws to them. So last December, December of 2019, is when they finally uh, exhumed her and did an autopsy, even though, like Geneva said, we have no idea what it says because they never released it. 
I'll touch on this in a bit as well. I can't. I have to do this in a certain sequence, or or at the end of what happens um, is revealed. Although I'm sure that most people that are listening to this have at least heard of this case. I mean, it's been all over national news, but that's why when Alex died unexpectedly, like he did, that's why I did mention he was not able to be questioned because he was one of the people that they wanted to question about whatever results came up in Tammy Daybell's autopsy as as and also along with the the disappearance of the children but there was there was some stuff with the with tammy daybell that they wanted that they thought he might have information i don't know these <laughs> these, these these two are some pieces of work uh, reincarnated you know whether you agree with mormonism or not it seems like that when people want to put things on religion they either come back as some type of christian and they come up with some weird things that no Christian has ever heard of, or they come back reincarnated to Joseph Smith. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it always seems to happen. So now she's, I, I don't know, but you consider her to be crazy, mentally crazy playing that because what is going on, or is this what we really think that she really believes at this point? Well, we're going to get we're going to get more into this. People can make their own educated, you know, I don't like to put into people's heads like what what I think that they should believe. Um, And we will be talking more in depth like there's I've got notes on all of this, this end of day stuff that they are saying that they believed. And I'm not one to like yuck someone else's yum or tell you what religious beliefs to have. But sometimes it starts to get a little out there, which I'm sure that there are people out there. I know there are people out there that think that what I believe is a little out there. But like, there's like religion, you know, and then there's like craziness. Well, you know, I'm gonna write this down because every time since two years that we've done this podcast, I walk away with a whole lot of new what I want to call Neva-isms. So, yuck what, someone yuck else's yum. yum. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take that one. That, that's a new one on me. <laughs> this, this is so off topic, but maybe that, I should do that for a sticker sheet. Neva-isms. You got a lot of them. I'm going to make a sticker sheet of Neva-isms. So, I'll make them printable so y'all can print them out at home if you want on some sticker paper. Then you don't even have to use them digitally. You can use them in real life. Stick them on your laptop. All right. So in March 2020, so that is just about five months ago, an email written by police in Arizona revealed that Lori could soon be indicted in relation to the death of her ex-husband, Charles Vallow. A wedding ring was purchased on Amazon for $35.99. So this purchase was made on October 2nd, 2019, 17 days before Tammy, who was then 49, died of undisclosed causes, but supposedly she died in her sleep. So let me repeat this. 17 days before Tammy Daybell died in her sleep. I know y'all can't see me, but I was doing quotations. This $35 ring was purchased on Amazon. Let that sink in. Lori paid for the ring on her deceased husband's Amazon account. Now, I just want to say this real quick. 
and you can agree with me or not. Okay, let's ign- just ignore for a second that this was purchased 17 days before. When I first heard about this case, it was when it was very, very new. Like this was when this, like the kids had disappeared, but we didn't know anything else. The first thing I heard about this was that there was a purchase made on Amazon under Chad or um, under Charles's account. To me, that wasn't weird until I heard what was made in the time frame and stuff. But people were coming at me like, oh, you know that Lori Vallow made a purchase off of her dead husband's account. And I was like, "Okay," but like because here's the thing. Up until very recently, I was sharing an Amazon account with my sister. Right. So when you use someone else's Amazon account, like if I go to customer service about a purchase or something, they don't talk to me as Geneva. They talk to me as my sister. Right. So to me, I was like, okay, well, maybe they just shared an Amazon account. Like maybe it was under his name and, you know, he paid for it, but she used it. But then like with everything else, it was weird. What do you think? Well, I don't share an Amazon account because Beth has her own. But I think it would it would look a little weird because most husbands that share accounts or wives that share accounts with their husbands, either way you want to look at it, they have it set up some type of way. Like, for instance, uh, me and Beth has joint bank accounts. So it's set up that if I die, she has her own debit card. So it wouldn't look exactly weird if she went shopping on her own debit card unless she's buying weird stuff like wedding bands and people's dead. I think that's why people was looking at that like, you know, because the way this seemed to me when I read it is that this was an account that was set up directly under Charles's name. Lori was nowhere near it. She hadn't even been using it. And then all of a sudden, she just goes and decides to purchase, you know, a $36 ring, which if you're going to use somebody's account, bro, you know, make it 100 bucks at least. But... Um, I can see why that would be what I would look strange. Why wouldn't he set his wife up for success on that? I don't know. Maybe he knew something we didn't. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just I guess I just don't think of it as being that weird because I have friends that do that. Like, for instance, like Phyllis, Phyllis, Phyllis and Steve have one Amazon account. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, like, I know they, they use Steve's Amazon account for like their Amazon Prime and all that stuff. Like they just use his account. Phyllis, Phyllis's name is nowhere on that account. But see, the thing is, is there. But be she a, uses that account. Because my, my main Amazon account does all of that. Right. So all of our prime and all that stuff is on that. But there would be history. Right, that would point to that. Like, he's had Amazon Prime forever. She just lives in the house. That's one. Or if they have a joint account, Phyllis has obviously bought some stuff off of that account that resembles her, something that's feminine, some perfume or whatever. But something that somebody can go in there and say, this was stuff that Phyllis bought versus him, and they've used this same account for the last three, four years. But I'm sure if he dies, she's not running to Amazon to purchase a new wedding ring. And that's, and that's what makes it, even if they are sharing an account, that makes it look funny as heck. You're going to go buy a wedding ring on your account. With the wedding ring and the fact that it was purchased 17 days before Tammy actually died, that's what makes it look weird. But when this case was, when this case was first presented to me by a few people, like, I knew that the kids had disappeared, but I didn't really follow it that close. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, I'll figure it out when we fit, find out. 
But when this was first presented to me, people were coming to me saying, you know, that she purchased something off of his Amazon account. And I was like, okay, but do we know? Because at first people didn't know necessarily what was purchased. That's why at first to me, I was like, okay, so she bought something off his Amazon account. Like that isn't really, it's what it is. Like maybe she just never changed it over or whatever. But with the ring and when it was purchased, that's what makes it weird to me. It was just that the fact that she bought something off Amazon on his account wasn't what made it weird to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's what it was. And right. then it's the number, right? So to me, this says, we know Tammy gonna go. To me, right. that, that's a setup right there. No, ain't no way she's down to sleep. You buying wedding bands 17 days before and mysteriously she dies in her sleep. Yeah, no, it, you, you can't get that lucky. Right, right. So Lori paid, as we said, for the ring on Charles's account, Amazon account, and the ring was delivered to a Rex, a Rexburg townhouse and was in the name of now deceased Charles Ratlow. So that's another weird part. Why was the ring delivered to Charles' old townhouse? Weird. But Lori did continue to use Charles's account after his death. So. Now, see, for me, that would be like a kind of like a cover up. Right. So, like, you can't just buy this wedding band and all of a sudden I'm just going to stop using the account because that's going right. to make it look even more fishy than what it already that'll make does. it. Yeah, that'll make it look really weird if all you buy is a wedding band. Doesn't it kind of grab you too a little funny? Maybe this is just my belief. But if, God forbid, if Beth died in her sleep, the first thing I'm yelling is, give me an autopsy. Because I want to know why she died in her sleep. I want to know if anything a doctor did recently aided that, if there's any medication. But don't you kind of feel it funny when somebody just died in their sleep and the husband says, oh, no, that's all right, dog. I do not need an autopsy. Let's just get her in the ground. Don't you kind of find that funny? I mean, I definitely do because, listen... Listen, my mama was cremated, okay? And it happened very quickly. <laughs> like, you remember, Dad, how quickly it happened. Because I had called you and told you she died. Then later that morning, I was sent the number for the guy at the funeral home to have her cremated. Because we, all of us kids had to sign off on it. That's another long story. When my mom died, my stepdad was pretty sure that it was a heart attack because my mom did have some heart issues anyway. But they still, as far as I know, they still did an autopsy when they went in to take her pacemaker out because she had a pacemaker in her chest and they removed those, you know, and send them back to the company or whatever they do with them. And uh, when they removed her pacemaker, they did, from what I understand, they also did an autopsy. So it's always weird to me when people are like, oh, no, we don't need an autopsy. Like, I'm sorry. I, I don't care who it is. Even if I know in my heart of hearts that this person had issues with their body and they probably had a heart attack or whatever. Like, I'm even pretty sure that my opa had an autopsy. And we know for a fact he had a heart attack because the doctor literally said, this is probably a heart attack considering that his heart just stopped and then that was it. Like, he didn't even feel himself fall when he fell. So that's it. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it's always weird to me when people are like, 
oh no, no reason for an autopsy. Like y'all don't want some answers. Like I would want the autopsy just for closure. Well, yeah, I mean, and since you got your girl running around here buying rings on her dead husband's account, you might want to have that just to cover your own butt, right? He's like, no, you know, I had this done to prove to y'all it was just a coincidence that my girl bought this ring and she just died. But when you jump up and be like, no, that's all right, to me, you got something to hide why you don't want that to happen. But here's my other thing. They buried her in the ground. Right. So y'all weren't even slick about trying to cover it up. Cause you didn't get, cause you didn't get the autopsy, but you also buried her in the ground. So that means that they can exhume her body. If you were gonna be smart, if you were gonna be smart about covering your tracks, you would have not got the autopsy, and you would have had her cremated. Think of it this way, and we've covered a couple of cases like this. It's usually very hard to get the coroner to go to the state to have you exhumed. I mean, look how long it took him to exhume her body. Now it just happened last December. And I think, what was it, the staircase? They had bodies exhumed. Think about how long and how many months and how many years and back and forth to court that had to go before they agreed. So they're hoping that by that time that the body has decayed to the point to whatever you're hiding has went with it. That, okay, but that's true. But here's the other thing, and we're going to dive into this. But I feel like the disappearance of the children was long planned. Oh, I'm sure it was. So y'all thought that you were going to get away with not only the death of two different people, but also at least two different people, but also the disappearance of two young children and that they weren't going to exhume somebody's body. But that's because the criminal mind is a dumb mind. You ain't thinking about that. That's why I can't be no dang criminal because I would just be... I can't. I'm too smart for that. Maybe because we cover true crime, but I, I sit here and analyze crime stories you do all the time. Like, you know what? That was me. I would have did this, this, and this. My boat would have flew to some other country. Because because <laughs> they always get caught. It's like that show, I almost got away with it. Like, I like watching that show just because I'm like, you made the dumbest mistake. That's Like, that's how BTK got caught. Oh, I can't wait to cover that case. But the But the funny thing about that <laughs> show is, if you really pay attention is the person that almost got away and didn't, they start telling you what they should have done <laughs> to get away with Well, if, if I was going to try to do this again, I would do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, and that's why you're never going to have the chance to try to escape again. Anyway, as of, December, or as of September 23rd, 2019, a doorbell video. So I'm guessing that means like from one of those like ring doorbells um, that has a camera on it. But there's a doorbell video of J.J. Vallow playing with a friend, and that is the last video of him. Rexburg's Kennedy Elementary School is the last confirmed place that he was seen. On September 24th, 2019, Lori contacted J.J.'s school to tell them that she was withdrawing him, claiming she would be homeschooling him. Tylee was last seen September 8th, 2019 at Yellowstone National Park with her brother, her mother, Lori, and her uncle, Alex, which was Lori's brother, who we talked about a minute ago, and he is since deceased. Chad Daybell had become incommunicado. I'm pretty sure that means he hadn't spoken spoken to anyone. Yeah. And the last person he spoke with was filmmaker Devin K. Hansen via text message. In October, two Venmo payments were made from Tylee's account to her older half-brother Colby's account. One payment was sent on October 10th, 2019, with a message that read, we love you. And the second payment was sent October 16th, 
2019 with a heart emoji. Colby has said he had not heard from Tylee since the October texts. After text messaging Tylee indicating he was worried, he received responses from Tylee's cell phone that indicated she was safe but too busy to talk. After repeated calls to Tylee went unanswered, Colby became more worried. Because let me just say something, y'all. Dad, this is for you too. To anyone listening to this that knows me in real life, if at any time I do not answer the phone after you tell me that you are worried about me, like I don't actually physically answer my phone, I'm probably missing, okay? Because listen, I don't like talking on the phone. It's not a fun pastime for me. I feel like it's very awkward. I feel like there's too much room for like... um Big silences, you know, there's exceptions. Like I talked to my dad on the phone, but I'm just saying my dad, my stepdad, my siblings, but I don't, it's not something that I like to do with just anybody, right? But if someone texts me, this happened a lot after my mom died, people would text me and say, hey, I haven't heard from you. Are you okay? And sometimes I would answer, sometimes I wouldn't. But if they called me, I would answer just so that they knew that I was on the other side of the phone. The other thing is this, make sure that, Like, I pay attention and analyze the way that my friends and family speak in text, right? Because nobody, in my opinion, nobody speaks exactly the same as another person in text message. Like, for instance, my aunt, who I don't really speak to, but my aunt, she writes, like, whole novels in text messages. Like, she don't use no shorthand, nothing like that. My stepdad will use shorthand, but he definitely types out longer responses than me right my uh one of my sisters tends to write in relative shorthand my brothers will write in one way like I analyze how people text me because then if you text me and it's weird I'm calling somebody that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying just pay attention to the way people text you well this is one of those cases where I say that I think the laws around homeschooling should be tightened. Um, I don't know if anybody really knows how homeschooling works. <clears throat> I've done it. Well, me and my wife have done it with Jacob a couple of, for a couple uh, for it a de- year. It also de- it also depends on your state. Just remember that. Well, I, I, I I'm agree with I agree with that. But through all 50 states, this happens the same way. Once you Depending on the homeschool you put your child in, like we put him in a homeschool that was a whole school, that removes him from the district. So to put him back in school here in Palmdale, we have to go back and re-put him into the school district. So since the school district is no longer governing your child, it's up to the school district that he is in. Now, being that he was on a homeschool, but it was computer-based, Okay, so it's called California Connections Academy. If you guys are listening and think about going there, don't ever go there because it is a horrible school. But being that there is none around here, um, I think the nearest county he was in was they did put him in San Bernardino County. Now, understand that that's about a two-hour drive from where we are. No one's coming out to visit my house from San Bernardino County. And that's dangerous because if we were the abusive-type parents we could be over here beating him or whatever we want to do, and nobody's checking in on him as long as somebody's behind that computer screen and they're sending in his work or they see him, they count it one day a week that they mandatorily say he has to be 
on a camera in front of somebody. So in all states, I think that that should be looked at because I think in a lot of cases, like here, uh, mom is also is just coming all of a sudden now, we're just going to withdraw people. I think that there would be some type of, right, all right, you were drawing him, but we need to come out once a week or whoever district it is. Somebody's going to make contact to make sure that that kid is okay. Now, in the state of California, at least, nobody will come in and check up on Jacob unless I think he's gone from school for like 14 straight days. Okay, so there has to be 14 days where he's not communicating. He didn't send in any word. Uh, they're trying to call the house in that time if nobody's answering the phone. Then about the 14 day, they say, hey, you know what? We may think something's wrong with Jacob. Let's go find out what's happening. By that time, it could be too late. So this is why in cases like these, I think that they should just have, no matter what state you in, just a law that says if you are going to homeschool a child, somebody has to come put eyes on him or her, whether that is coming to your house or you taking them to a local school that you live by just so that they can say, yeah, they came in today, the child looks good, homework turned in, so be it. What you think about that? See, y'all got weird ways of doing homeschool there. Okay, so like my brother is homeschooled. Well, my sister is also, but I'm not really going to talk about her because she's almost done with school, so it's not really whatever. But so my little brother is homeschooled, right? My mom was homeschooling her or homeschooling him before she passed away. Right. So, but they are in a homeschool group. You understand? So she gets the materials and she's in, and she was in charge of homeschooling him. Of course, now it's like other people, I guess my stepdad or one of my siblings that help him. But there's someone in charge of his work, like of teaching him. But everything is actually run through a homeschooling. I think it's called like a homeschool co-op or something. But it's actually run through like a homeschool group. You want you get you get oh, me? I know what you're saying. But understand there's many but choices. Y'all do it, y'all do no, it no. weird. It's in just that there's many choices of doing homeschool. You can do the way your mom does, was usually under some kind of homeschooling association. But down here at our schools, there's also one that they call independent study, which is another word for homeschooling. So we will walk him into a school and say, We don't want him to come to school here. We're gonna do independent study. Now he would stay in the district and they would say, Okay, here's his packet of work. So they give us a packet of work that he has to turn in every Friday. Now, if that packet of work isn't turning on Friday, if you're going through that, 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 through that means, they may call you that Monday and say, hey, we, we're missing packets of work. Everybody okay? We need to get this turned in. Or there's the one that I spoke of, which is now, and this is all over the, all over the world, you can just choose for your child to go to some place like California Connections Academy or any of these homeschools you see on your TV screen. But unfortunately, what happens is that de-enrolls them from the district that they're in and places them whatever district that they're in. So let's say that the school is in New York, but I live in California. He's enrolled in some school district in New York, but because he lives in California and I can show that he's going to school, it's fine. So yeah, it's, it's many different choices. Your mom seems like she went the more the traditional route, which is totally cool because it's more governing. Um, but I just think that for those that's not in something like your mom was in, it should be tightened down because it gives people a lot of opportunities they should not have. All right. So Lori and Chad are good friends of this story. 
were married in Hawaii on November 5th, 2019. Two weeks after the death of Tammy Daybell. And remember that by now their children are all, or, uh, Lori's children are also have disappeared. So the kids disappeared in September. Poor Tammy died in October. And then these fools are over here getting married in November. So just remember that timeline, guys. Also in November, they both told people. So both Lori and Chad told people in November that Tylee had died in 2017 and or that Lori had no minor children. So they never brought up JJ but we're telling people that Tylee died an entire year before she disappeared. What do you think about that? Wow. <laughs> can we can can we say premeditated everything? I mean, I mean, first of all, if you in love with somebody, can you just turn around and get married two weeks after they die? I mean, not me. <laughs> I mean, it takes some have... special people to do something like this. I'm I'm telling you. Here's my thing, okay? Like, there are still people, I'm not dating them, but, like, there's still people that I know from, like, years and years ago that, like, if I see them, you know what I'm saying? It still, like, ignites something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still, like, a crush, I guess you could say, or whatever. Like, there's still, like, feelings there. So, like, I don't know how you would be in love and married to somebody, and then they just die, and then you're just out here marrying other people. It's just weird to me. Okay, so we telling everybody that Tylee's dead two years prior. Okay, so Tylee passed away in 2019, or not passed away, sorry. Tylee disappeared in 2019. But she's telling everybody that she's dead as a two set to 2017. She, right. So she's telling people in November of 2019. So Tylee and JJ disappeared in, in September. And she's telling people that November that Tylee had passed away in 2017. So a whole two years before the child even disappeared, much less whether we know, we don't even know she's dead. So as of right now, she's just disappeared. But then they're also saying that Lori had no minor children. So where did JJ go? <laughs> because she, she, because she adopted JJ with Charles. So that begs the question of, was there something that they knew we didn't know? The, the, I mean, if you can make that kind of statement, right? Like, Tylee died in 2017, and it's two years before she disappears, and then you make another bold statement, like, I have no minor children. I mean, to me, that says that you've already done something. To me, that would be like, the boys are adopted, right? So that would be like if people said to me, like when people, because people ask me all the time, oh, how many kids do you have? And I say, oh, I have four. And they'll say four. We've only ever seen Ariana or whatever. So then I explain like, yes, the other three have been adopted. That would be like if somebody asked me how many kids you have. And I said, oh, I just have one. Or if I said, oh, I have four. And they said, oh, well, what? You know, we've only ever seen Ariana. And then I said, oh, well, the other three died. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lie. Like, they didn't die. Like, they're perfectly fine and healthy in Orange City. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's what's weird about it to me 
is not only are you saying that the child is dead two years before she's even disappeared, but you're also saying that you have no minor children. So where did JJ go? The thing is, is even if she's not dead, I could not say, yeah, one of my children died 2017. If that did not happen to me, that's either speaking something to existence, something you planning on doing, or this person is so far disappeared that no one's ever going to find her. So you can tell this story and get away with it. But the whole dang thing is shady. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely shady. And it's very strange to me that she would say that the child is dead. But so at the request of JJ's grandmother, Miss Kay, the police visited Lori Daybell's Rexburg, Idaho townhouse on November 26th to conduct a welfare check on JJ. But Lori told police that JJ was in Arizona with family. That night, a neighbor saw Lori and her brother, Alex, packing a truck outside of her home. When the police and FBI arrived the next day to search the home, it was abandoned. Chad Daybell's home was also searched by investigators. I know you want to say something because you you started to, and then I talked over you, so go ahead. I was going to say, that could be true. That That's what J.J. is. But who tipped them off? Now, did they get tipped off or were they just or were they just scared that since the police has come out poking their nose in, that they got to leave now because they are afraid that something bigger is coming? I think it's that, that Kay sent a welfare check to the house because Kay was worried about JJ. Okay, so she sent welfare check to the house. And I think that from there, they were like, oh, we got to get out of here. Because now the police are snooping around. So I think that that it, that it was a combination of it. I don't think it was that somebody tipped them off. I don't think anyone tipped them off. I think I think that they got freaked out and were like, oh, we gotta, we gotta go because before we get discovered or whatever. Which further lets you know they did something they were supposed to. Just trust me when I say that this gets crazier before it gets better. Okay. All right, so from December 2019 until January 2020, Rexburg Police, Fremont County Sheriff's Office, and the FBI increased the investigation into the disappearance of the two children, as well as Tammy Daybell's death and the fight of Chad and Lori, sorry, flight, not fight, the flight of Chad and Lori from Idaho. Evidence was collected and Tammy's body was exhumed for autopsy. Colby, which which if you remember who Colby is, that is Lori Vallow's oldest son. So Colby and J.J. Vallow's grandparents pleaded with Chad and Lori to return the children with the grandparents offering a reward of $20,000. Investigators contended that Joshua and Tylee's lives are in danger. The children are not with Chad and Lori. Lori knows where they are or what has happened to them, but has completely refused to assist this investigation, choosing instead to leave the state with her new husband. Through their lawyer, Chad and Lori said that Chad was a loving husband and has the support of his children in this matter. And Lori, devoted mother and resents assertions to the contrary. We look forward to addressing the allegations once they have moved beyond speculation and rumor. Devoted mother. Okay, well, they're talking about themselves. So do you expect them to say anything else? 
I mean, they could answer why you, if you didn't do anything wrong, why are you running? But the truth, that's what I'm looking for here. Devoted mother is not the truth. Well, in her eyes, it is. The day after being questioned, Lori and Chad left Rexburg, abandoning a storage locker full of children's items and photos and were not seen until they were found in Kauai, Hawaii on Sunday, January 26, 2020. So they just fled to the place that Lori used to live. A search warrant was issued to search their rental car where they found items belonging to Tylee and JJ. Police also gave Lori a court order demanding she produce the children by January 30th. The children were obviously not produced as ordered. A storage locker rented by Lori in October 2019, which contained items belonging to or related to her children, such as clothing, bikes, and photographs, was abandoned by her when she suddenly left Rexburg, Idaho at the end of November 2019. Video footage shows Lori and her brother Alex moving items in and out of the locker. Okay, so if you got your kids... Why are you going to put this stuff in the storage locker and abandon that stuff in 2019? You show up to Hawaii in 2020 in January, you get 30 days. Well, actually a few days because January 26th they got there, but they get like four days to produce the kids. But if your kids are alive, it shouldn't be hard to produce your children in four days. Even if you have to travel. Even, I mean, even if you got to say, okay, y'all look, I can't get them here in four days. But I can give you the phone number. Look, we can FaceTime where the kids is. Look, with the way technology is today, there is no excuse for not being able to show up somewhere, even if it's virtual. I mean, there's courtrooms all over the globe now that's actually having virtual hearings. Right, Yana? I can't get on the bus. I don't have no money. Fine. Call this number at this time and be in court. If you can show up on this phone, that's going to be like you appearing. There is no excuse why she could not produce those kids one way or the other in four days. That's just my opinion. Absolutely. No, there's absolutely, I'm sorry, but if, if you can be in another state, in jail, in another state, and still phone in, then as a free woman running around in Kauai, you can sit there and you can call somebody. Y'all can tell us your thoughts in the Facebook group because I'm going to post a discussion thread about this. But y'all y'all can post your thoughts in there. But I just feel like y'all had ample time, one way or the other, to produce your children. You know what I'm saying? Well, absolutely. February 20th, 2020, Lori was arrested by Kauai Police Department in Princeville, Hawaii, and charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children by prosecutors in Madison County, Idaho. She was also charged with three misdemeanors, resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime, and contempt of court. She was held on $5 million bail. $5 million. The judge, I'm sorry, she later agreed to be extradited back to Idaho to fight charges. That usually happens um, because she wasn't actually being charged in Hawaii. The judge lowered the bail from $5 million to $1 million, which that's still a lot of money. <laughs> On May 1st, 2020, Lori appeared for a court hearing in Rexburg to request a reduction of her $1 million bail, but her request was denied by the judge, and at least two local bond companies are reported 
reportedly unwilling to work with her. I mean, if I was a bond company, I wouldn't be willing to work with her either. Bond companies are allowed to pick and choose who they want to do. But you got to kind of think about it, though. Do you really want to work with a bond company that's going to bond somebody to jail that now is probably under suspicion of killing their kids? Because that's what it pretty much turns into. And that's what it that's what it boils down to is that these bonds companies, these bonds people have to be in good standing with other people in order to continue to do business. So they're not going to risk their business because you want to be dumb. First of all, if that's what you accuse of, I run a bond company. Even if I wasn't afraid of losing my business, I'm going to let your butt sit in jail. If you can deserve to, if you can go kill your kids or make them disappear or be under suspicion of killing your kids, you can sit your butt in jail until you can prove yourself innocent. Amen. All right. So, um, in a March 24, 24, 2020 report, official court documents noted that Lori and Chad had reportedly become convinced that Tylee and JJ had been possessed and become zombies. Why are you rubbing your head like that? <laughs> you know, I researched this stuff, but I'm with my man Marquise when we, when we had him on for, for Jeff's case. It sounds a whole lot different when somebody else is reading it. I mean, you know you what you're reading, but to hear it just sounds It sounds a whole lot different when you have to say it out loud. Because I write this stuff down. I I type up my notes right before we come on. So I I usually have something else going on. Listening to music, watching Hamilton, whatever, while I'm doing it. So I don't always absorb what I'm typing up. And then I come on the podcast and I have to read it. And it sounds ridiculous. I mean, this time I also did watch, um, there were a couple of videos from Stephanie Harlow that I did watch on YouTube. If y'all want like a real deep dive into this case, I would suggest go listening to those. I think they're like an hour long each. Um, There's two or three episodes on that. But, and when I listened to her talk about it, I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. But then when I like type it up, I don't realize just how crazy it is until I have to read it out loud. Okay, so they believe that they was possessed and became zombies. See, I couldn't have been the cop today. I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? I mean, did you go like day of the dead and you just, did you kill them? You know, because zombies, they come to eat your flesh, right? So, I mean, what happened to them? Uh, why do you think they're possessed? Are you possessed right now for even saying some dumb stuff like that in the first place? (laughs) By the way, they're not. Ain't nobody possessed or zombies. (laughs) (sighs) Ridiculous. All right, so June 9th, 2020, police executed a search warrant at Chad's home where they discovered human remains. Chad was booked into jail later that day on obstruction or concealment of evidence. On June 10th, his bail was set at $1 million. On July 2nd, prosecutors dropped two charges against Lori, which were the felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children, and instead charged her with obstruction and concealment of evidence after her children's human remains were found. What kind of person could kill somebody, especially two children, and stay in the house? I mean, there's been a lot of cases of that, like people putting like their dead husbands under their bed and stuff. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because my belief system or something, but I just couldn't do it. I mean, I don't think I'd be able to sleep. 
Now, I, I don't know if this is true, but it, it's been said for many years. He's not anymore if, if this happened. Uh, but Otis Redding, who was a very famous American soul singer uh, from back in the day, it was said that when he passed, that his wife could not stand to be without him so that she had him placed in the home in an open casket. Now, they had him embalmed daily, which is the only way you could do that. Now, I've never, I've, I've, sir, I've never seen if that's true or not because he is buried on the family estate now. But just think about that. That's crazy. So every day you walk by your husband, who is deceased, but you couldn't stand to be without him. I couldn't even do that. Even if I knew you just died of natural causes, bro, I cannot put you in my house and have you involved every day and wake up and be like, what up? You know, glad to see you still all, here. I'm just <laughs> first of all, that would be expensive okay, well, to have rich, to have so. someone embalmed every day. But also, which I mean, it's Otis reading, so you know he had money. But I'm just saying, like, why? I don't even like open. Listen, I attend open casket funerals for my family. My opa had one, but it's not something that I enjoy. I do not like to look upon my deceased loved one as they lay in a casket so i can't even imagine going into my living room every day and just be like what's up husband absolutely not <laughs> imagine bringing the day home oh come on in man get you a glass of iced tea oh don't mind him that's just my husband that's just my husband <laughs> he won't say he doesn't say much <laughs> no absolutely not absolutely not um I mean, I know everyone's grief process is different. Like, there's people that have lost babies, you know, that they get, like, those, you know, the baby dolls that look real. Mm -hmm. You know, and they've said that that they've actually, there's been studies on that that say that that actually helps some people to grieve. Not me, but it helps some people to grieve. So, like I said at the beginning, I don't like to yuck anyone else's yum. I'm just saying I don't really understand how you murder, this is not a yuck in someone's yum, because, like, you murder some people and then left them in your house. All right, so July 17th in 2020, uh, in light of the two felony counts against Lori being dropped, her bond was lowered by Magistrate Judge Michelle Mallard in Madison County. Judge Mallard decided to decrease bond to $50,000 on each charge, totaling $150,000, but noted uh, Chad would still need to post a million dollars. All female inmates from both jurisdictions are housed in Madison County as Fremont County does not have a detention center for women. In addition to the bond reduction, a jury trial for the Madison County charges against Lori was set for January 25th through the 29th of 2021. So we definitely will be coming back to do like an update episode of this. Um, I wanted to wait until they went to court, but then when I was looking into when they were going to court, I was like, we can't wait to cover this case for like another six months. Um, but we will come back and do an update. Um, I am following this. Like I get Google alerts about this case now. I set that up last week. So anything that's new will pop up on my Google alerts. So I'll take notes as that happens. So on July 10th, the Woodcock and Ryan families confirmed that the human remains found in Chad's property were those of Tylee and JJ. 
on June 13th, the Rexburg Police Department officially announced that the remains were that of the children. And since the children were found, they are no longer considered missing. And the investigation is now focused on the cause of and the motive for the children's deaths. So that is really all that I have on this case as of right now, because obviously Lori isn't even going to court until at least January 25th, 2021. So, which by the way, I did mark that in my calendar. For me, the question remains then. And I think for everybody listening to this, you have to think the same thing. So, I mean, they weren't found until March or June, right? How many months have they been deceased before then? Because if you really look at it, I mean, she's ripping and running around telling people, oh, Tylee's been dead since 2017, and I have no minor children. This whole time, nobody's even seen the kids. The Their remains were found in June. Right, so how many months prior to that? Yeah, so their remains were found in Ju- June 9th, and then and then their it was confirmed that it was them June 10th. So it took a day to confirm. But they disappeared in September. So they'd been in this dude's house. I mean, it doesn't actually say how long. I couldn't really find the information on how long. I think because it's a pending investigation um, on how long the children were remains were in the house but let's say that they were killed the same at the same time that they disappeared they'd been in his house for almost a year right i I just i i just couldn't do it dude my uh (laughs) my consciousness would get to me at at some point i think i would do my own self thing because i i think i would go crazy just have them sitting in there so but like you said we will do as this goes on because we do have to follow up on this one for sure we gotta see how this one's gonna end January 25th through the 29th of 2021 would be some big days if they decide. This is what I miss about Court TV because when Court TV was around, I could watch all these trials from the, my living room. Nowadays, judges does not allow a lot of cameras depending on the trial in courtrooms anymore. So we'll see what we get for that. Court TV was how I watched the Casey Anthony trial when I was right. on bed rest. And now Court TV has been replaced called ID. Um, that's where Court TV went. And now, as you know, we don't get no live court cases no more. I think I watched OJ on Court TV, too, way back in the day. Uh, so, what is your final thoughts on this case? So, to me, this case reminds me a lot of the whole um, Chris Watts thing, except that, obviously, Chris Watts was a family annihilator. Like, he killed his wife, too. Um, but that's what those reminded me of. It was just two parents instead of one. I don't know. I, I hope that more stuff comes out, um, <clears throat> which, obviously, it will. But I do hope that we find out more as she goes to trial. And, obviously, Chad will probably go to trial, too. I don't really see him. I don't see him pleading guilty. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just don't. Um, and Lori's stuff is already set, which means that she didn't plead guilty. She probably pled innocent, um, or well, not innocent. She pled not guilty. You can't plead yourself innocent. I don't know. This is a sad one, man. Cause I, I, I really like held on to hope. I think I do this a lot with like when kids disappear is I hold on to hope that they'll come back. Right. Because we see things like, um, the Cleveland abductions where, I mean, they were in captivity for 
10 plus years. You know what I'm saying? Well, Michelle was. Right. Because she was the first one kidnapped. Or like J.C. Dugard, uh, Dugard, she was in captivity for a long time. Um, Elizabeth Smart was in captivity for long enough that, you know, she could have ended up dead as well. So I think that I look at these things and like hope that they'll come back. So then when their remains are found, it it just like saddens me. You know what I'm saying? And then it makes me mad. And then it makes me real, real irritated. Well, that's for me. I hope that Chad and Lori is thrown under the jail and throw away the key. Uh, I think that because of the remains is being found in his house, I don't know how you can plead not guilty to that when it's found in your house. I mean, unless you come with some story that somebody broke in the middle of the night and put them there, I think that already says you guilty. They just need to come out. Don't even drag a long trial, dude. Just come out and say, you know, we guilty. We did it. Take your sentence so that these two children, Tylee and JJ, can rest in peace. I think it is sad. Uh, and this must be just a parent in me. It's sad when, other, when a parent has to do this to a child. Even though sometimes children can get on your nerves and they do things they're not supposed to do, that is just the nature of raising a child. Nobody raises a perfect child, and no matter how or what you've installed in your child, mistakes is going to happen. Uh, do that mean we run around and kill our kids? No. So I hope that they find her guilty or that both of them comes out and they just admit they did it. In any case, I think that they should be jailed for life and never see the light of day again. So that does it for this episode we do thank you guys for tuning in. Geneva, do you have any shout-outs? I do. I only have one this week. All right, so I know I've been shouting out the podcast um, podcast a lot, but they just got a new one that is a podcast original. It's called Very Presidential. So <clears throat> I believe it started like, two weeks ago or something um because they have like two or three episodes i've listened to all of them but from now until the end of the like election time they're going to be running this podcast called very presidential um where they are talking about different scandals and things with the different presidents so as of right now the three the episodes that they have up this drops on Tuesdays. So the three episodes they have up, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, and Grover Cleveland. Those are the three that they have up right now. Very, very interesting podcast. Um, very interesting to listen to. I have learned a lot of things about these presidents that I did not know. Like, to be honest, I knew absolutely nothing about Lyndon B. Johnson or Grover Cleveland because I don't care if I'm going to be really honest like they were presidents much too long ago for me to care enough but it's very interesting to listen to so that's my shout out this week um that is part of the podcast network and it is called very presidential any shout outs from you dad i certainly do so i haven't even told you about this one just found it so i think i told you when you hear who the producer this is, you're going to automatically say, I got to go check this out. So from C13 Originals, if you don't know who they are, if you go back, if you've been with us this long, I think it's in season two, 
we cover the Black Dahlia. In the Black Dahlia case, we, we told you about a podcast called The Root of Evil. This is from the same team and producers that made The Root of Evil. The name of the podcast is called Relative Unknown. You have to go check out this podcast. This is about a young lady named Jackie Taylor who has been hiding in the witness protection program for 40 years. Now she's going to come out because she is going to tell you about a relative of hers that was linked to the Hell's Angels and the horrendous murders that he has done that has led her into witness protection. I don't want to go too much deeper in that because it gives it away. I do say you guys should check this podcast out right now, and, I, and I'm clinching at the teeth because I've already listened to them. There's only three episodes out or in um, <clears throat> The Remains, The Safe House, and Butch. They haven't released, see, since I've been here, they haven't released any more episodes yet, but they come out about once a week, so it's about due for one. So go check out Relative Unknown. You will not be sorry. Also, I wanted to shout out to K-Bell. K-Bell. Actually, I'm sorry, K-Ball. K-Ball is a person that follows us on our Facebook group, and she did write us a, a question before asking if we shouted out any podcast that our fans has heard. So I wanted her to know that, yes, we do, and I am actually working on listening to this podcast right now. I won't say the name of it is. I will tell you, but by um, when we come back, we're going to talk about that in a minute. K, I will have listened to this podcast. Geneva, I'll tell you what that is. And we will actually shout it out for you. Yeah, tell me what it tell me, tell me later what it is so I can listen to it as well. Yeah, I mean, if y'all want to send us suggestions for podcasts, like I'm open to it. I do listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. So um there's definitely though been podcasts that I have heard about that my dad has not heard about. He listens to other genres of podcasts than I do. Um, I try like personally to give as well-rounded of stuff um, for podcasts as I can. That's why I've shouted out other people, um, you know, productivity type stuff. I've shouted out single mom podcasts before. Um, Cause I do like to give variety, but yeah, I mean, if y'all have suggestions that y'all want us to listen to, even if we, I mean, honestly, even if I listen to it and I don't love it, I will still shout it out for y'all because obviously you enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? I'll be like, this is a, fan shout out or nation shout out or whatever um yeah i mean i think that's cool because then we can be listening to other stuff but no i'm going to download that podcast ad that you just shouted out i'm telling I'm you download is, that listen to it on my plane ride oh if they, you you'll be mad on the plane ride because when you get into it you'll be like man where's the next episode i gotta hear the next episode and it ain't one there so hopefully by the time you're on your plane they've dropped episode four if this, if Relative Unknown was a book, it would be a page turner and I would be done with it in about three days. So go check that out, guys. Relative Unknown. So just a couple more things when we get out of here for this episode. I need to let you guys know that after this one is uploaded, which will be a couple of days in time we shoot it, we will be on hiatus for two weeks. Geneva has to go home to Iowa to attend a wedding. Now, to let you guys know, we kind of toss it around what we would do in her absence, uh, if I would come on and just shoot something alone, things of that nature. But this has always been a father-daughter podcast, and it's always been a team. Now, there's been a couple of times where I have appeared by myself, but it's been to either correct someone or to 
give proof that we've done something, but I've never really done a full episode by myself. And we're going to stick true to that. So I don't think I would be able to do this podcast without her. It would just feel real empty to have nobody talking back to me. And that's supposed to be the format. So for two weeks um, after this one goes up, uh, we will we will be gone. She'll be gone for two weeks' time. After that, we will come back. And I think we're going to commit ourselves to this one so we don't shy away. We usually never tell you what the next case is going to be. But even shocking Geneva, I'm going to do that today because that holds us to it if you go back uh, a few episodes ago i think i told you i think it was on the george Floyd episode we had made mention uh because somebody said about research and i said we are in a case that we research about five months because the case is so intense and it's so in-depth and we actually read a book um that corresponds with this case so the case is we are going to do when she comes back in September, will be Bind, Torture, Kill. You know him better as the BTK Killer. This has been on our books for a long time, but we wanted to make sure that when it was done, that we did it correctly. Geneva, how are you feeling that we're going to finally jump into BTK when you come back in September? I'm not going to be real annoyed with this case because if he was smart, he could have got away with this. Well, you guys will agree when we cover this whole case that Dennis Rader, which is the real name of BTK, is the most dumbest criminal to ever walk the earth. But I think you're going to learn a lot of things about serial killers, how they tick, why he did what he did when we cover this. And if you don't know some of these things already, uh, you'd be shocked to know about how serial killers actually think in their brain. So that one will be there. Anything else do you have to say, Geneva, before we end this one and get up out of here? Uh, no. I think that's it. You know, just thank you. Remember that there is a 10% discount code at the Planning with Neva SC Shop, ADWC Nation. That will get you 10% off uh, any purchase. So go check it out. Let me know how you like it. Or you can join the Facebook group, like I said before, and there are two freebie notebooks in there in a post um, that you all can grab from my Google Drive folder, and you can try out digital planning for yourself. And I definitely will be working on those uh, Neva-ism stickers, because that's a good idea. So make sure you go ahead and check out Planet with Neva. Use that 10% discount code. Also, check out Cena's Corner Podcast We'll drop all those links in the description. But before we get out of here, we want to impose this one thing on you, which we post every episode we haven't, but we will going forward until November gets here. Please register to vote. If you can vote early, vote early. If you can get to a poll, get to a poll. If you've got elderly people that needs to help sign it up, sign them up. This is the most important election of all of our lives and i know you always hear this but no matter what side you stand on no matter if you republican or democrat it doesn't matter what matters right now is, is in your heart do you really feel that the person that is leading this country is fit to lead this country can you deal with another four years under the leadership that we have and if you say that we can ask yourself this question do you think the world will still be where it's at I'm not saying that the candidate going up against him, Joe Biden, is perfect. There is no perfect candidate. They all 
have their problems. But we're going to tell you to please do your part. Go out and vote. In the description, there will be some links of how you can sign up and how you can do that. We need everybody, everybody, everybody. All right, guys, with that being said, we thank you for choosing A Day With Crime. We know you have many choices in True Crime Podcast, and we are grateful that you choose us. So, as always, don't commit any crimes out there. So you don't end up on our podcast. Thank you for listening to A Day With Crime. Artwork created by Geneva McClam. Sound mixing and editing done by David McClam. Don't forget to subscribe and join us on our social media outlets at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a day with crime twitter at a day with crime instagram at a day with crime if you'd like to support the show you can do so at patreon.com forward slash a day with crime you can also email us at a day with crime at gmail.com and youtube.com forward slash a day with crime thank you for listening and as always a crime a day keeps the doctor away. Until next time.